Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. And on today's podcast, a privilege for me to interview Jason Lavely, who is a financial advisor with Edward Jones here in San Diego. Jason, welcome to the program. Thanks for being available to talk to me today. Absolutely. No, I appreciate the opportunity to be part of it here. So how did you become a financial advisor? You're with Edward Jones. How long with Edward Jones and what prompted you to pursue this as, as a career? Yeah, that's correct. And with Edward Jones, I was hired and started with him back in 2015. And my backstory is a little unique. I guess I was born and raised in Massachusetts, went to college for civil engineering. And once I graduated school, I decided to actually enlist in the army. Okay. Did that active duty for four years, went on the enlisted side and not the officer side. And I uh, got to move around a bunch, which was great. I worked in a field artillery radar operator was my MOS or job and for those four years and really enjoyed it. Got great experience, especially leadership experience. Yeah. But I knew I wanted to transition out after my initial contract. So I was you know, going to a lot of career fairs. And I really, as an NCO non-commissioned officer, I was counseling young soldiers a lot, obviously, of course, on fitness goals and their, you know, our job goals, but there were some financial aspects to it. And I like, I did like that. And at the time I was getting out, I was really, you know, big into personal development. I was reading books about finance and investments and sales and money. And I personally wanted to learn about that. Right. I never once read a book about engineering or, you know, construction or anything like that. So I didn't really have any personal feelings towards that. So I wanted to basically align my career with my personal interests at that point in my life where there's no separation. So I decided, I met someone, actually, there was a New York Life career fair. He was in a, he used to be a mechanical engineer. He was an advisor now in New York Life, did kind of an informational interview with him. And he kind of just opened my eyes a little bit to what this industry actually was like. And that kind of just opened up a whole door. Found Edward Jones, of course, later was much better fit for what I was looking for. Sure. And, you know, I really just wanted to be involved with, you know, individuals and families' lives, really helping them with their finances, their goals, and being a part of that, not only, of course, for my own, myself and my future family, but of course, doing that in the community, you know, at large. Okay. Terrific. Yeah. Great backstory. So, can you share with us if you what you like most about what you do and maybe what's not as pleasant or maybe a less enjoyable part of what you do? Yeah. I mean, in terms of the most, when someone asks like, what's a really good day or what are some of your best days? I would say it's kind of twofold, very similar, but maybe a little bit different. One, I would say is with existing clients when we have like a really in-depth review meeting. And sometimes these can go an hour, hour and a half, sometimes a little bit longer. Sure. The similarities are always where they have some sort of big goal, usually retirement. Of course, it could be other things. It can be helping with their estate planning or maybe legacy planning or taxes. But a lot of times it's the retirement. That's a big transition for a lot of our clients. And having them come in, there are a lot of times there's some apprehension, maybe a little bit of tension and nerve on their side. They have all these great things in place, these 401ks, these IRAs, maybe some pensions, some rentals. They have questions about Medicare and Social Security. How is this all going to work? Do we have enough money to live on? Yeah. And they often just want to make sure that they're going to be you know, okay. And they're going to, you know, of course, they're going to outlive their money, not the other way around. Right. 
and just going through our process. And sometimes it, it, it maybe not just our first meeting. We kind of go through a process with clients, especially if they're an existing client. They've gone through this usually every six, you know, to twelve months at a minimum. Yeah. And just kind of seeing that tension melts. And at the end of that meeting, just feeling and hearing them verbally say how relieved yeah. they are and how confident they now feel. And it's almost like giving them most permission to what they already wanted to do with spending as much as they wanted on that trip or that discretionary budget. So I think I just get a lot of fulfillment and, you know, just kind of helping taking all these kind of stress points and just kind of alleviating that from clients so they don't have to worry about it. So they can go enjoy spending time with friends, family, travel, whatever they want to do in these retirement years. So I think that's a big source of joy and fulfillment and kind of good energy for me. And then conversely, I would say, you know, a potential client, when we meet with them for usually in a second or third meeting, when we're still considering, hey, do we want to work together? I think just starting, you know, if I had a meeting with someone who had a lot of things in place and we sit down, it's like, great, you've done X, Y, and Z, you've done a really good job preparing, but here's three things I think we can work together on. And just kind of outlining that path and then starting that relationship. I always, of course, enjoy those days. On the opposite end, what do I least enjoy? I wrote a couple things come to mind, I would say. One is at this stage in my career, it's not really fun having to turn clients away. So uh-huh. if an existing client or family member says, hey, you know, you're working with my, you know, uncle or whatever like that, you know, I really want to work with you, but they're just due to their situation. They just don't have a whole lot going on. They, in my opinion, they don't really need me yet. So it's not really fun having to turn a potential client away just because they're not a right fit for us anymore. Okay. And we've had to do that. It's been a right decision for our business and we need to do it to protect our existing clients. But that's just, you know, people told me about that maybe five, six, seven years ago. And uh, having to go through that the last couple of years is never fun to do that. Of course. Um, and then I would say earlier on, of course, when you're, you know, when you're just really brand new in the business, kind of, you know, kind of fighting for your, you know, credibility in a sense and kind of earning that business at the start and kind of clawing your way into success. Of course, at this stage, it's very different. But early on, I don't miss those early days of kind of prospecting and, Edward Jones is a little unique. We do that door to door in our local communities. So here in San Diego, I, you know, depending on who's listening here, if they, you know, depending on neighborhood, if they live in the North Park area, I may have met them at their door. So certainly do not miss having to do that, you know, to meet potential clients. Understood. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Tell our listeners what is an ideal client for you to work with. I mean, where can he feel like you really bring value? to bear and is joyful for you to work with that kind of client? Yeah. And a lot of times I know when people answer this question, they jump to the assets or the money. They say, we have a you know a million dollar minimum or whatever the number might be. But the way that we really think about this, or I think what I hear from my business is we, I kind of say we have a personality minimum. And what do I mean by that is we really want to work with people who value professional advice. We really want to delegate and partner with a professional who's licensed you know, who's, you know, a subject matter expert at what they do. And they really want to have that partnership with us together. And they kind of really delegate that. And they don't, they, it's not, some of my clients are for sure, especially in the biotech space are geniuses, very smart, very intelligent, but they value this partnership that we have and that they don't have to worry about this area of their financial world. So I'd say that's number one, that's really important for us. Now, of course, we can, of course, help everybody. So yes, the, the financials do matter, and people who have significant assets, you know, typically at you know north, of, you know, of a million, tend to need more help. So I got my you know CFP certified financial planner last year. So at this stage, really, really, yeah, thank you, and really just trying to focus more on people who just need more help with complex needs. So it's not just holding one account. So they need to have several investment accounts, whether it's retirement or non-qualified, meaning just not a retirement account. Maybe they have some questions on their state plan. I am 
still astounded by how many people, especially wealthy individuals who do not have a dialed in estate plan. And so helping with that legacy planning for kids and grandkids, you know, maybe it's educational costs or just how do we more tax efficiently transfer this wealth to the next generations. I like kind of rolling on my sleeves and getting creative there, helping them on taxes. So just having a multitude of things, even if they had just one big account, if it's just one thing and that's all they have and there's no complexity, I don't get as excited about that as I once did. Okay. Okay. But I no, I hear what you're saying. As an estate planning attorney, I'm just always flabbergasted that incredibly wealthy people, they did something, if they did anything at all, they did something, you know, a number of years ago. They haven't right. had a few cents. And that's always a surprise to me. And then, of course, this Your Life, Your Legacy podcast legacy is, you know, something I think that we tend to gloss over as advisors. I mean, not all of us, of course, but I mean, enough of us do. And Mm -hmm. I think it bears repeating, you know, that, you know, what are we passing on to the next generation or beyond that? Not only in terms of tangible material wealth, but what about, you know, lessened value stories, that sort of thing. So that's really why I became interested in the Legacy Leader Program and this podcast grew out of that. So thank you for sharing. Can you share with our listeners what was one of your greatest experiences working with a client? And maybe on the flip side, what was one that was a real disappointment? It just never got off the ground or it went sideways or something like that. And certainly, you know, we appreciate you being, you know, discreet, you know, no names, of course, but uh, instances for both of those, please. Yeah. So I guess we'll start on the positive or the best side first. So I had a couple of things that could kind of two examples, one that's kind of relevant to estate planning. So I guess I'll start there. So. This is someone who I had met you know, a few years ago. And then when we first met, the timing just wasn't right. But I was very just kind of patiently persistent, kind of just kept following up with him and always just yeah. asking questions. And eventually came to the point where we were discussing, we had a meeting together and we were discussing kind of estate planning because I, I agreed not every advisor, and that's often how I would business, is they may have the investments handled, but no one's ever talked to them about estate planning for them or their family. Oh. So we, of course, start talking about that. And it comes up that his brother is not, you know, you know, doing very well health wise, and he does not have an estate plan. And I'm like, you know, I just like, look, I would love to talk to you about all your IRAs and all these 401ks that we need to handle. But this is priority number one, hands down, full stop. I'm not a licensed attorney. I'm not going to draft any of these documents. We need to get you in touch, you and your brother in touch with an estate planning attorney and handle the list. And we were able to do that. Unfortunately, you know, his brother, you know, not many months later did end up, you know, passing away. But luckily, everything was kind of at least squared away on that front. So everything went very smoothly at that time and everything how his brother wanted happened. So that was nice to kind of see that. And then eventually, of course, we were able to come back with the client. He clearly could tell that we actually cared what was in his best interest as we kind of parked all the things that, of course, I can directly help with. And of course, right. we came back, we ended up consulting. He had a lot of great investment accounts. They were just very scattered, which is very common is what we see. No real yeah. oversight, no cohesive strategy. There's like six different places they're all at right now, or they were at. So of yeah. course, cleaning that up, consolidating that for him. And so that was one. And of course, that client is very you know, grateful for the work that we did you know, for him and his family. And of course, you know, now he's actually in the process of updating his own yeah. estate plan for him and his wife since they own some properties and stuff like that as well. So that was one. And then another one I just, you know, that came to mind was that I mentioned retirement earlier in my previous answer. And this client, she had done a great job. She was shooting about like six months away, maybe about, yeah, six, 12 months away from retiring. And she got referred to us from a friend and an attorney that we knew. Okay. And, and again, she had a lot of the pieces in place, but it was kind of like a puzzle board where it just wasn't connected for her. 
And having the meetings together, we had like three meetings together before she officially kind of became a client. And after that third meeting and going through our process, again, just kind of seeing visibly the level of like stress and tension kind of drop from her face. And she just felt really good about the plan that she had. And she now kind of was, again, had that permission to kind of, you know, stop working. Because a lot of times they have these savers, our clients do so such a good job at saving it's hard for them to turn that off and actually take money out of their accounts. <laughs> right. And right. see the balance go down every single month and every year. So kind of almost like just guiding and coaching them through that and making yeah. sure that they that everything is dialed in. So that, you know, again, those are just really rewarding and fulfilling. Those are just two stories there. Two uh, stories on the, on the opposite side, negative ends. I mean, I would say this is more a general, but just anytime that we're unable, and it's kind of few and far between now, but like in the 2018, for example, the market had a, a challenge, like the S&P was negative for that year in 2018. In December, and specifically that month, it dropped about 19% temporarily. Mm-hmm. Now, at times like that, you know, we saw clients that were a little bit skittish. And if I was unable to keep them invested or if they wanted to make changes because they got kind of scared... 2019, the market ended up going up, you know, close to, you know, 30%. And always would frustrate me when I would see that return later. But in the moment of kind of crisis, the moment when the market's down, I wasn't able to kind of keep them from making that emotional decision. And then I have to unfortunately kind of, if they still were reclining even a year later, I would have to kind of, you know, just kind of recap what they just missed in those market returns. So again, at this point now that we've got a really good group, you know, smaller native clients, that's not as much of an issue. But in the past years ago, that kind of happened a little bit more. Right. And then there was an estate planning situation where she was a client and she had significant assets. But again, all these other accounts were just going to brokerage firms for her where they were just holding her individual stocks. Yeah. And she got some great advice, some great stocks, but no one was doing any planning with her about estate or, or anything like that. So she had great investments, but no any real true financial planning. And uh, again, she was a little bit older. So she had some health issues. And I kind of identified that she had a very old, to your point, a very old trust, you know, and all that. I think it was like 20 years old or something like that. Mm. And again, with her current health situation, I was like, look, we really need to get you with an estate planning attorney because the way she wanted things to happen wasn't written in her current plan at all. Right. Right. Unfortunately, during the process of her, like she was reaching out to that attorney, you know, her health, you know, changed and unfortunately, and and of course, ended up passing away before any of that was updated. So that was, of course, really tough. And we, of course, ended up helping as much as we could with her sister ended up being kind of that successor. But that was always the situation that kind of really, you know, that was years ago. That was back in like 2017. Sure. I've always kind of used that as I was like sharing that with the current clients to kind of make sure that that's not them. Right. Uh, and kind of preemptively avoid some of that. So, because again, some of the wishes that she wanted, unfortunately, didn't, you know, just didn't happen. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm a big believer in keeping that plan updated and maintained. I mean, ideally, I mean, you're going to see your clients probably, I would imagine maybe once quarterly if they'll come back to you. I probably won't see the clients, but maybe once every three years if they'll come back and we can sit right. down, ready, plan together, make sure that the plan is still on track to accomplish whatever they told us was important to them. Because we know the laws are going to change, their personal situation is going to change, their assets will probably change. And, you know, guess what? My experience as an attorney, actually, I like to think I get smarter and better over time. So, anyways, let's see. What's one thing people need to know about you in your practice? Yeah, I would say in my business, I would want them to know, I kind of wrote down like commitment. And what I meant by that, like a commitment to making sure that we're actually delivering comprehensive advice. So, and sometimes it's 
kind of funny. Sometimes clients know like we're about to have a meeting or a call and they're like, they know I'm going to ask some questions and they like, they haven't done what they said they were going to do. So sometimes they kind of jokingly push off for a call. It's like, yeah, I know you were going to ask me if I updated my will and trust and what, you know, estate plan and I just haven't done it. So I didn't want to tell you I haven't done it yet. So, so that happens from time to time. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're really committed to really delivering, I mean, Edward Jones, we call it human centered, complete wealth management. Good. And again, that's again why I got the you know CFP to really deliver more than just picking a good mutual fund or stock. So I, I just you know the one thing I would say is just kind of a commitment to that delivering more comprehensive advice. That's terrific. How do you get your the word out in the community about who you are and what you do? I mean, is it just word of mouth at this point, or is there like a marketing campaign for Edward Jones advisors like yourself, or how would I mean? Except for those folks listening to us on the podcast today. How would anybody know who you are and what you do? I mean, how do you get that out there, if, you, if I can ask? Of course, yeah. There's a couple of things. So, start on the corporate side. So, Ever Jones is, of course, is a you know large you know firm, you know Fortune. I think we're in Fortune like 400 firm, and we, we're headquartered in St. Louis and Tempe. We have over 90 acres of home office resources that you don't really see in our local offices here. So, they are providing on like the for all 19,000 of us advisors spread across the country here. They are providing. You know, you've probably seen our TV commercials. I mean, we before the St. Louis Rams moved to LA, that was, that was the name of their stadium. So, you know, we're doing just national, you know, brand logo commercials. They do Google ads and targeting and kind of funnels and marketing funnels for us just on, you know, Facebook and Google and things like that. So, if you just went to Google and typed in, where's my, if you type in your zip code and an advisor, automatically, you know, our names are going to pop up depending on that, what zip code you type in. Got it. What I'm personally doing at the local level, as I mentioned in the past, I was a part of, you know, networking events and networking groups. Of course, I was out in the neighborhood myself, you know, introducing myself to, you know, families at their door. Don't really do that, of course, as much anymore. So at this point, it's, yeah, it's mostly referral, word of mouth through existing clients, existing kind of a professional network I've been able to build out over the years. And I would say at this stage, that's kind of the big things other than, you know, what I'm locally doing on top of whatever Jones does for us kind of on a corporate level. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Let's see. I'll throw this out there. The phrase trusted advisor is sort of the catch phrase, I suppose. And it's, I suppose it's something that all of us as you know, professionals aspire to be. If you've given thought to it, can you share what trusted advisor means to you in terms of being a financial advisor? Yeah. I mean, I, when I kind of think through this, I would say, I mean, that's kind of like what I think I would take that, you know, borrow the word you just use. Like, that's what we would aspire to be. I mean, if you're going to be a real actual, call yourself a real financial advisor, I think our clients would really kind of want you to be assuming, you know, you are our trusted advisor. So it's much more than just being a quote unquote, you know, broker where we're holding, you know, investments. I mean, that's maybe what used to be 15, 20, you know, 10, you know, over 10 years ago. But I think if you're being entrusted to manage your, your client's money and assets and actually be a, their financial planner, you're going to need to do a little bit more than maybe what we've done in the past. And really having that faith, that trust in our clients. Of course, the fiduciary is a big buzzword in our industry as well. And all that means is legally acting in a client's best interest, which I think is incredibly important. But again, it's still possible for someone to be a fiduciary, but not still have that trust of the client. So I think it's digging deeper and I think you said earlier, not just passing on the money, but passing on those values, those lessons, those beliefs. So it's a little bit more, yeah. you kind of get in that little bit of the soft, that woo-woo stuff a little bit with our clients, our conversations. And yes, I love talking about the numbers and, and the money sometimes, but I think going a little bit deeper 
and finding sometimes like why do they want to do certain things is where we're trying to really take our practice and not just, okay, great. You want to take a vacation. What's planning it? Okay. Well, why is that meaningful to you? And what is that? What, you know, why is that fulfilling? So we're really trying to go more into the why and digging deeper with our clients and kind of what's their purpose behind things. So I think that's, would be a few things. And again, just being more comprehensive, I've kind of used this word a bunch, but just being more comprehensive financial planner, I think to me, when I think of a trusted advisor is what comes to mind. Okay. Terrific. Thank you. Who are your best referral sources? I mean, I know you've shared how you've uh, driven business in the past, but who are the good referral sources for you so that our listeners, some of whom are other professionals, can be on the lookout? It may be instructive for them too. So can you share who's a good referral source for you? Yeah, absolutely. I would say as a, you know, typically do an audit every year at the end of the year of, you know, how where did our business kind of, you know, come from? And when I did that for 2020, you know, too, majority of it was client referrals. So getting introduced to their friends, their family, their coworkers, Good. of course, is always, a very, you know, we're very grateful and honored when we get that, you know, opportunity to do that. Number two, okay. right behind that was what I call, you know, other important professionals. And, and yeah. the big ones were CPAs or enrolled agents. So of course, on the tax side, you know, makes sense. We're really integrated there. And then estate planning attorneys, having some relationship with a few of those locally here in the San Diego area. And then some other ones that may not be as you know obvious for folks, but you know, having a relationship with health insurance and Medicare providers, because we have some clients retire before Medicare at 65 and they need help okay. with that. Yeah. And then of course mortgage brokers and realtors. I mean, those are kind of the big ones that are usually working with people at big life events or right. life changes where we can get introduced and maybe help out at those the certain points of time. Fabulous. Okay. Thank you. How can we find you? How can you be found? I mean, you kind of mentioned it already, but just for the benefit of the listeners, how can you be found here in San Diego? I'd say the two best ways would be LinkedIn. So, you know, just search my, you know, Jason Lavely, you'll find me right on LinkedIn there. And then the Edward Jones website. So if you just went to edwardjones.com, and then again, there's a little search feature right on that main landing page. You know, if you typed in the zip code where my office is located, so I'm locally, you know, here in the Bay Park, Claremont area. So just you typed in 92117 in the zip code finder. You'd Good. see a little picture of my face pop up and my name right there. We're right next to Sprouts here on Claremont Drive. So I would say the Edward Jones website, and I have a landing page there. So it has my bio on there and ways to contact me, our office hours. So that has some great information. Of course, a lot of that same information is on the LinkedIn page as well. Very good. Well, we're coming up on time. So is there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners that I didn't touch upon, but you feel compelled to want to share with them? Um, this is, you know, just anything that, that comes to mind based on our conversation today. Yeah, I think we had a really nice conversation. Again, I really appreciate being a part of it. The only thing maybe I would add is, you know, just like yourself, I mean, you know, the people who really benefit from working, you know, professional, whether it's an estate planning attorney or advisor is just someone who's looking to really, you know, delegate that area of their life. And, ha- you know, with us, we really build, you know, you're not going to call into a call center and you know exactly where our office is. It's going to be me or my office administrator, Liz, picking up our phones. And again, having that kind of trusted relationship, someone who's working in that, again, that fiduciary relationship or just legally in your best interest, our clients, you know, really appreciate that. And, you know, I have some like thank you cards from clients over the years, just thanking us going through that process. So I think if, and a big thing we do, which we didn't really necessarily cover, was just helping clients avoid mistakes. Ah. So, and whether it's estate planning mistakes, tax mistakes, investing mistakes, you know, whatever it might be. That by far is where we probably add a lot of value, just keeping them to the plan that maybe they logically know they should do, but sometimes emotionally they get it just hard for them to make it without that independent third party telling them what to do. So that's the only thing I would add. 
Protecting them from themselves. Yes, absolutely. Because it does be a challenge to do. So, but the fact that you can help with that is, is terrific. Uh, Jason, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks for being part of the podcast. Probably, as I understand it, the the editing, et cetera, will take about four to six weeks, although certainly if it comes out sooner, we'll let you know, and then it'll be posted to the Apple Podcast site so that folks who want to listen to an updated podcast about your life, your legacy can do that. It's been a pleasure. I'm Rod Hatley, the Hatley Law Group here in San Diego, a member of uh, Legacy Leaders. It's been my privilege today to speak to Jason Lavely. And Jason, thank you so much. No, thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.